0: It's the breakthroughs, the times when it all comes together that really make it worth it, that make the painful intervals, the dreaded miles, all seem like they had a purpose. Now, I can't say for sure, but I'm guessing that that is especially the case when that breakthrough means an Olympic qualifier. Anthony Romanu is on the podcast this week to discuss that after a massive race in Portland last weekend. Also, we chat with Chris Moulton about the Speed River Inferno, a track meet you will not want to miss right here in southwestern Ontario. Don't go anywhere, you're listening to the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Anthony Romano is the type of athlete that fans really like to get behind. Sure, he's had his ups and downs, but he's lived and trained here in Canada his entire life, and when things have clicked for him, well, they've clicked. This past weekend, Anthony got that Olympic qualifier he's been chasing in a breakthrough race at the Portland Track Fest. When I caught up with Anthony, he was still on the West Coast. Uh, so huge race for you in Portland at the at the Track Festival there, a one forty five ninety four, just sneaking underneath that uh, that Olympic qualifier. Tell me about that race. Take me through it from from start to finish.
1: Um. Yeah. So. It was. It looked like it was going to be well set up. Um, the pacer was supposed to go through 50 points so um, I honestly I was always I excited. I thought uh, for sure I'd get a season's best. Um, I don't get out super hard so I knew that there was going to be some guys in front of me um, at 200 kind of going in through the first lap and that's that's exactly what happened and plus I was in lane one so I thought some guys would be, I'd kind of get boxed in a little bit. Um, so I just, like, kind of moved up. Uh, I think I went through in, like, 25 point and the the usually the pace will kind of slow after 200, but it didn't. So um, everyone kind of was honest and stayed on it. So, uh, yeah, I just moved up. And then same thing, honestly, going into the second lap, I was, like, just I was in lane two. And I thought I could stay here, but I should probably just keep keep pushing, keep the pace going. So, yeah, I just, like, kept passing guys up until 600, and then I made my way up into the front. And honestly, like, the last two races, I, I was, I had been, uh, or, man, a lot of my workouts, I've just been holding it together really well over the, the back end of workouts and stuff. So I just thought, you know, take a risk and keep pushing because I think, I think it'll be there in the last 150, and it, and it was. So um, at around, like, 150 to go, I was like, uh, man this is take a shot at standard like i think it's there why not so uh i was i kind of had the whole cl- cliche like olympics in my head uh coming down the home stretch just like trying to hold it together keep my stride um uh normal and not like tying up too much and uh i honestly wasn't sure what was going to happen i didn't really hear a 600 split so when i crossed the line it was like 45 8 it came up on the on the screen and I was like oh my god I, I think I did it uh, mm-hmm. but they, there was suspense for sure that the, they didn't put the time up for like a couple minutes and uh, so I was waiting for it and I was like I don't I uh, that was that's crazy like I think I actually hit it like just squeaked under so um, really exciting for me I, I honestly didn't expect it to happen so um, kind of a surprise, but but uh, a good one, obviously.
0: Speaking of cliches uh, and uh, the Olympics, have you uh, already booked your appointment to get the uh, the Olympic rings tattooed onto you somewhere? <laughs>
1: uh, well, you know what? The trials the, the, as soon as as soon as I, I kind of sunk in that I had done it, it was like I, I you know I called Dave and we started talking and it was kind of like, okay, well, now I can take a little step back and I don't have to chase it anymore. Uh, we can do some fun things with training and and prepare better for trials but you know still gotta come one two basically so uh you know with McBride in the race that's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one to win and Hepinstall is running well so and you know there's there's other guys Belmore and, and Allman and Sasha so it's it's really not like um it's it's on my mind that was the next thing I was like okay now I gotta start looking forward to trials and Figuring out how to come first or second, so um, no no celebrations or tattoos just yet. Uh, I'll I'll give that a few weeks and a lot of I got to be focused for that. So that's that's the next thing.
0: So I mean, you've had an interesting couple of years. I think you you touched on it uh, in the in the Let's Run interview. Uh, I mean, like I I remember watching you uh, with your attempt to to hit a standard last year in uh, in London at uh, one of the meets there this race was a true breakthrough you know have you felt that this was a long time coming i mean like you always felt that you you could have hit that time or you know do you think it was you know something special in the air that night
1: well it's kind of funny um when i was in in 2014 um after i had that big year i i was at oxy or what is now hoka one one and um I remember I had gotten treated or I, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was it, it, earlier. I think, I think I, I just came across when, when Jim if that's how you pronounce it, Win G, whatever, mm-hmm. um, however, however you say it. But, uh, and I don't know, we were just chatting and he was just talking about Nate and how, like Nate's, um, like history over the years, his injuries, surgery and stuff. And, and he was just saying to me that like l- progress isn't linear and, You know, a lot of athletes have a good year and then it's followed up by a couple of years where, you know, on paper you don't have a good year. But maybe you hit your training goals or you figured out a few things about um, yourself emotionally or, you know, just figured out personal things. Or, you know, he just was he was kind of saying that, like, you know, every year you kind of learn something and you make steps forward and it doesn't necessarily have to be performances. So I think that's kind of what happened the last 2014, 2015 is. You know, in 2014, I I switched things up a lot in my training and I I started pushing things in the weight room much more and um, that led to some injuries and I had to figure out like what was the right amount to be in the weight room. So 2015, I was like really conservative in the weight room and I think that I, I, uh, you know, and a bunch of other things, like I just, I feel like it wasn't, um, I wasn't racing where I could have been, but I got back into 145 shape both years it just never really popped up popped one at the right time so honestly you know this was this was an accumulation of a lot of good things and a lot of ups and downs that happened since 2013 and um I, I saw it there the whole time i knew i knew i could do it i just uh really with the eight you just gotta get get enough raises in to get into a really good opportunity at the right time and then that's exactly what happened so mm-hmm
0: Mm-hmm. so you mentioned a little bit earlier Brandon McBride uh, second in the NCAA uh, in one heck of a finals race uh, also Robert Hepenstall who is uh, who's also in that race as well I mean how close were you were you watching the NCAAs and you know how I, I guess probably trials is, is the first time that, that you'll get to, to take them on how excited are you, are you for that
1: I think Robert is, is coming to the inferno so I'll probably see him there Um, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, I I think we, we pretty much know what Brandon's going to do at nationals. He's, he's, I think he tried pack running at some point, maybe last year or the year before, and, and he could clearly see that he was not comfortable sitting in a pack. Um, he would much rather get out and he's confident enough to race from the front. Um, so I'm excited because I think I think uh, it could be fun. You know, just try and hang on and see what I can do off the back end. And I mean, I mean, after watching that NCAA final, clearly, like he's capable of running a very, very fast time without mm-hmm. any help, um, and he's done that all year. So, um, and and you know, it's funny because for me, like running against Heppenstall is kind of has a personal touch to it because he was. You know, we, we went to the same high school, even though he's six years younger than me. Uh, he's my dad kind of I still remember my dad telling me about him when he was in grade nine because my dad was the coach at the school. So mm-hmm. uh, for the first couple of years, I, you know, I was I was hearing news about him every week during the spring. And then and then uh, after he was in Speed River for a year and then and then eventually he made his way to my high school coach, Phil Steele, who doesn't coach that many. Runners at a time, but every once in a while he'll take on a couple. So um, it was kind of cool to see that because I think they worked really well together. So I, 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 I'm excited for a bunch of different reasons, and I think it would be interesting to see if Heavenstall and I could both make the team because um, there's there's a I don't know there's a, there's definitely a, a fun little story for me there. Um, I think it would be fun to see us see us both there. We'd be St. Thomas More heroes. So <laughs> I, I, I like I like the idea of that
0: for sure for sure now he, you know you can correct me if I'm wrong on this but uh, your coach and your team at Speed River and, and Dave Scott Thomas is uh, mostly known for I guess you could say distance guys I'd say probably uh, chasing up how do you feel that you fit in with that group and, and you know how has it affected your training being in Guelph with, with all those you know distance studs
1: in the fall it's a lot of fun um, and, you know there's never a lack of uh, any Anyone to do like long stuff with, and the group is just from post-collegiate to the varsity guys. It's just rolling every day, so it's it's kind of it's really fun. You know, you never have to do any work. Um, uh, the fact that it's when when I first decided to come to Guelph, um, I knew that other groups had more of a history with middle like with 800 specific because Dave had Dave had had success in the 15 um, with Taylor and Kyle Borzma, but, um, I, I knew, and we talked about that right off the f- I was just like, you know, can you talk to me, speak to me a little bit about like the fact that, you know, you've never really taken a guy down to cl- like close to Olympic standard in the, uh, in the eight. And, and, he, you know, I, I was listening to him and Dave's a really smart guy and he, he can speak the sport really well. And I just decided that he was going to find out, um, exactly what it took to coach a, a high elite level 800 guy and I mean it just it just was a gut feeling but I, I honestly felt like he wasn't going to stop until he figured it out and among many things that's one of the things that he's kind of lived up to his promise on his promises on is that you know every year we've made adjustments and um, we've we've sort of I think honestly found the, the, the best way for me to get down to a 144 and like we it's just been working out really well. And the fact the fact is that like you know, I don't have like a Taylor Milne to chase in the eight hundred in our group, but um it's been fun kind of seeing the eight hundred group uh like grow a little bit. We got like Tommy Lands now and we got some good recruits coming and every year there's been guys just like trying to make CIs and medal with CIs and stuff and in a in a way that's like that's just as fun like having having some younger guys to sort of I, I don't want to say mentor or whatever, but just help along and give them some advice. And, and it's been fun seeing Tommy improve uh, over the last couple of years. So um, honestly, the environment is with, you know, with Janae and Reed and Gillis, even though, and Taylor, like they're not in my event, It's I've benefited a lot from just having them there. And I kind of feel like um, it's, it's sort of up to me to be like the guy who makes this, the eight hundred. Mark in for Speed River, so we can have, like, right across the board from 800 up to the marathon, uh, a history of success. So I'm kind of hoping I can go to the Olympics this year, and then, and then Speed River will be known for, for every, every event. And, and, and I honestly feel like it deserves that recognition because Dave has done a great job with me. So um, I hope it happens.
0: For sure. For sure. You, you know, there's a, there's a couple different ways that you can, you can train for an 800. There's a whole bunch of different ways. Would you say that you're, uh, you know, you're more on the, the strength side of things than, than the speed side of things, or, you know, how has it been with Dave? Uh, you know, have you found that kind of balance between, you know, basically in a long sprint and, uh, and, you know, having a good, uh, you know, aerobic base?
1: I came to Dave as sort of a pure 800 guy, and I kind of knew that already. I had a bit of a gas tank and, and a bit of speed, um, but my most, my strongest, like, um, I guess, skill was, was just being able to crank out 800-meter race pace fairly comfortably um, at certain times of the year very well. Um, so, so I mean, that was that was kind of how he had to approach it was, to learn a little bit about me um, and what my skill set was, and uh, and then kind of go from there. So I wouldn't. I'd say at certain times of year, like in the fall, especially, I put in a lot of strength work, and probably probably a little bit more than your typical 800 meter. Definitely more than like the guys coming up from the, from the 400 end of things. Mm. But I wouldn't say that. I'd say like the your typical NCAA. 800 meter runner is fairly similar to how I approach it in the fall. Um, I don't run like, I, I definitely don't run more than like 70 miles a week. And I like if I usually hover somewhere in the 60s, I do a lot of cross training and stuff. So um, then it definitely changes over the course of the year, you know, like I, I, as soon as the track season starts, you know, I, 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 I dial a little bit back on the mileage and then I'm, I'm hitting the weight room a little harder and then the workouts get much more specific. And, and then at this, you know, in the, like the last few months, my, my mileage has been basically just recovery runs um, on the off days and specific sessions and weight room sessions are, are the priority. So um, it, it, it definitely changes drastically throughout the year, which I think is like a kind of a typical 800 meters uh, program. Where you know you you have to have a lot of different uh, uh, well you have to have a wide skill set and so you have to work on a bunch of different things so so I I could keep up with um, the varsity guys by the end of November on a cross country workout I think I, I, I get into that zone very, pretty well I could probably run a 10k or an 8k really well mm-hmm. um, or, or or respectively respectfully respectively or whatever but then um, you know as the season progresses like I, I'm a pure 800 probably like 6 600 to K kind of range workouts not too much in the 1500 I don't do too much 1500 pace work so and I don't do too much like top end speed stuff like it's, it's really specific to the 800 at a certain point so honestly that's a kind of a tough question to answer I mm-hmm. feel like an 800 meter runner should kind of do a little bit of everything so um, and I, I feel like I kind of and right in the middle in terms of the spectrum, so uh, it's it's neither one or the other, honestly.
0: So you know, looking ahead to uh, to 2020, you've already mentioned quite a few names and stuff. I'm I'm just wondering who are some of the some of the up and comers? Maybe not this time around, but maybe uh, you know for future world championships, for future Pan Am Games, Commonwealth Games, you know, future Olympic Games after this next one, who who are you looking at to uh, to really make a splash in the distance?
1: I mean it definitely happens to all uh but he's only a freshman so he's still a junior I think I think obviously if he doesn't make the team this year he will definitely be on the world junior team um, and and you know I, I'm not a, a huge follower of uh younger athletes um and and it's kind of hard it's sometimes hard to remember like how old everyone is but mm-hmm. um He's he's sort of the standout right now in terms of like the young guys. I, I I feel like I don't know the Offsa uh championships as well as I used to, obviously. I remember um, watching
0: Heppenstall last year, uh, run in some of those London meets uh where, you know, I was doing some announcing work and just watching him was just you know, it was fantastic because you you know that he was you know, he really was like a step ahead of everybody else. So, yeah, you know, I can definitely accept that answer because, like, the guy is just a monster and the at the eight hundred.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's he got a, he's a natural runner. That's that's kind of what I've decided with him. Is I'm not sure exactly how if he has like a, a huge gas tank or if he's even like really speedy um, necessarily, but uh, watching him run. He's just a very smooth runner. It seems like he was sort of made to do it. Like, and I and I and not to take away from myself, but I just I feel like I'm a good athlete, but but I'm probably not a natural runner. I'm I kind of have shorter legs and I'm a little bit stockier, you know. And, and that's that's fine. It's worked for me, but um, and, and I'm not making excuses at all. But when you watch him, he's he's just like he's very strong in all the right ways and he's very light on his feet and he's just like kind of a graceful looking runner and he doesn't tie up too much. Um, it seems like he, it seems like he's got things kind of working for him exa- in exactly the way that you would want it for a runner. So I could see him if he's, if he's well managed, well coached and um, he handles, you know, the, the college and just like all the different kind of complexities of going through your twenties and stuff. It, I, I feel like, um, he's going to be a, a huge talent, and, and probably probably on the level of, of a McBride um, going into like his NCAA career. Uh, I could see him running 144, or 145 um, very soon. So uh, that's definitely the guy I'd have to think about. And I, honestly, um, I feel like everyone's kind of younger than me these days. So so uh, you know, I still feel like Corey and, and Alex. And like Tommy Land and Sasha and stuff, are, I I am almost certain that they're all younger than me. So um, those to me are like the young guys, and I, I still think that all of them have a have a bright future. So I'd be curious to see how how they all develop going in. And of course, McBride's already he's younger than me as well. So <laughs> it's uh, it's it's there's a lot of young guys in the sport.
0: For sure, for sure. So, you know, outside of outside of your event, outside of the 800, uh, it's been really some some banner years for, for Canadian track. I mean, like, as someone who spends a lot of time on the track yourself, you, you've got to be looking at some of the other events. You know, what are some of the events and some of the other athletes that, that you're watching, uh, you know, on the track?
1: Well, um, it was fun. I mean, in Portland, it was, was kind of a fun meet to be at. There was there was some standard um, hit. Kind of across the board, um, steeplechase, uh, 5K, 1500, like on the men's and women's side. Um, uh, like, it's funny, thinking of younger athletes, I feel like this year Stafford's kind of the standout. 20, 20 years old, I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The hidden standard, I mean, <laughs> um, and uh, like it was fun to watch Luke. Uh, go for it like he was mixing it up with the big boys in in the 5k taking the lead on Rupp and stuff I mean that was really fun to watch and that was kind of a breakthrough race too and um, obviously Chuck like everyone's I mean that's, that's kind of not even uh, a, a surprise at all like everyone's kind of got their eye on Chuck because he seems to have broken into territory that will allow him to get into a lot of good races and um, probably continue to improve because I think he's done like a few diamond leagues now and he's run well in every single one of them. So, um, I don't see him, like, I, I feel like he's going to improve, uh, or at least be like a contender for a long time. Um, I'm thinking, and then obviously like, I mean, Mo, like, geez, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm thinking about the woman's side. I mean, obviously everyone, everyone follows the eight on, on the woman's side. Cause it's just crazy strong. Um, and and any one of them could kind of pop a sub two minutes. I think on at some point, even the, like the younger the younger ladies in the in the 800 right now, kind of going after Melissa's standard. Obviously Fiona did that last year, so um, definitely excited to see what Ross does at some point. I think I think that over the next few, he just got the Gary Reed thing, I'm so I feel like he's gonna be around for a while. I'd like to see what i th- I think Ross is the most talented runner I've ever seen, honestly, considering mm-hmm. like the injuries and and stuff that he's had to deal with he's he's just insanely talented and I, and having like I've seen him work out mm-hmm. uh faster than I have in any eight hundred meter workouts um off of absolutely no background in it so like and then obviously he can move up to ten k really well so uh, if he can stay healthy for a year a full year and get a full year of training into him, honestly, like I could see him running in the 13 teens. uh, Like no question. I just, I think it's going to take some time, but um, the, I think the talent level is absolutely there. So uh, I, yeah, definitely curious to see what he does over the next few years.
0: So, So you're on the West coast right now. We have the Inferno in not this weekend, but next weekend, I think. Uh, tr- correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, also, there's uh, there's that uh, there's that small little meet uh, in uh, in Brazil or whatever in uh, in August that a lot of kids want to get into. Um, you know, tell me tell me what's the plan this summer. You know, what what meets do you have your, your eye on?
1: Uh, yeah, West Coast Inferno. Um, so yeah, Vancouver, Victoria Inferno, and then Trials, and then uh, if I make the team, I don't think I'll. I probably won't race too much in July um, because I I don't think there'll be anything local. And the question of traveling to get to meets, um, you know, it'd probably be a better idea to just set set my eye on the Olympics. Let's say I do make the team. I would probably stay local and just um, try and build, get into 144 shape or if, you know, if possible, possibility of Breaking into the 143 territory. I know that's kind of funny to say, but um, but I'm not. You know that the ambitious side of me would like to be in 143 shape at the Olympics to try and try and squeak into the final or something. So um, you know that's. I I think personally, I'd probably like to just stay in Guelph and and uh, do some big heavy workouts and and keep my fitness up and try and get through the rounds at the Olympics. If I don't make the team. I'll probably go to Europe and try and run 144 uh, there, which I think is 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 a, a very very possible this year, considering um, the workouts that I've done and finally get getting. And I, now I have a time to get into some fast races. So um, that would be like the two options. And I don't exactly know what races are available in Europe. Like that's kind of like well, in the in the past, it'd be Molten's Molten's job to kind of go find those races for us, see what fits um i know in the past i've raced well at like ninove and there's races in ireland and obviously like everywhere in belgium there seems to be stuff so those are kind of the two directions that the seasons could go in and honestly i'd be happy with either one of them i was preparing um to i've i've kind of accepted earlier on this year that there was there was a definite possibility i wouldn't make teams so you know i was going to be like you know what i'm going to get in 144 shape either way so Hmm. Let's just kind of be happy with whatever happened. So that's, yeah, those are the two ways it could go.
0: He is Anthony Romanu. He ran a 145.94 just under that Olympics uh, standard at the Portland Track Festival uh, last weekend. Hey, man, congratulations. I'll definitely be cheering for you in a couple weeks at the Inferno. Uh, that should be an exciting meet. Uh, and, you know, best of luck at the Olympic trials. And uh, and uh, like I said, really pulling for you to uh, to make it to Rio.
1: Thank you so much, Michael. This was fun.
0: You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Twitter. The Speed River Inferno is a track fan's dream. It's a nice mix of everything boiled down into a seamless night, attracting some of the best names in North American athletics. This year, it'll be boasting the participation of a bunch of folks who will also be at the Olympics this summer. And if you're in the area, June 25th, you're not going to want to miss it. I caught up with one of the organizers, Chris Moulton, in Guelph. So the Speed River Inferno is uh, is marketed as a European-style track meet. Uh, perhaps you can you can dive in a little bit deeper. Just what does that mean?
2: Yeah. So a lot of the, the I guess idea behind the meet or the way we wanted it to be was was similar to meets that we had encountered in the in the uh, in the European circuit. Um, so we wanted it to be a, 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 a Schedule, ideally, kind of one and a half to two hours. This year we have the 10K Champs, so it'll be a little bit longer because it's hard to squeeze a 90-minute race or meet in when you have 60 minutes plus of two races. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we wanted the action to move pretty quickly. Um, so that was kind of the main thing. Um, that, that was what we kind of refer to as a European-style track meet. So not something that takes up the entire day. It's an evening meet. It starts at 7. We'll hopefully be down around 9.30. Um, so that was kind of the main... You know, idea behind the meet in terms of that European style. Um, historically, we've had some uh, some pre-meet sections as well before the meet. We won't be having that this year. Our meet conflicted with the uh, with the Athletics Ontario Championships for for juniors. Um, so, so so as a as a way of allowing ju- athletes to run that championship, we won't have the pre sections this year. Uh, but we hope to bring them back in future
0: years. So you mentioned the, uh, the 10,000 championship, and we'll get back to that. But uh, run through just uh, what are some of, the, some of the other events that you guys will be running?
2: Yeah, so we have, uh, we have uh, men's and women's 200, uh, 800, 1,500. Uh, we have uh, women's and men's uh, short hurdles, 100 for women, 110 for men, uh, 400 hurdles. Uh, then we have a men's steeplechase, we have a women's pole vault, and we have a men's long jump. And then the uh, the two ten 10 10k's, uh, and we also have on the uh, para side a 200 for each gender.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. So talk to me about about that 10,000. Of course, uh, I guess it was a few years back that they split the 10,000 away from you know the rest of the trials. So as a result, uh, this year, well, maybe not as a direct result, but you, you get what I'm saying. The 10,000 is part of the Inferno. Talk to me. You know yep. who who are the standouts in that in that field? Who should be be watching for?
2: Yeah, it's going to be uh, two very different races, I think. Uh, The men's field is very large. We have over 20 entries. Uh, I I believe our top seeds are uh, some local athletes, Aaron Hendricks and uh, Evan Are are, are, I believe are two top seeds at this point. The entries don't close until tomorrow, Michael. So Hmm. so we don't have a final list, um, but we've got a a very deep field. Uh, I think we're going to have some very strong performances. We have uh, Tristan Woodfine will be rabbiting that race, so a very uh, capable rabbit. Um, we've also got a couple of younger athletes. I know Cameron and Scott's entered a uh, junior athlete, hoping to get that world junior standard. And we do have that in a few other races, uh, throughout the day. So, so that'll be, a, a, an interesting race. I think on the men's side, it's, it's very much a, uh, a, a toss up as to who's going to, who's going to take the title and hopefully we'll, we'll have a, a good fast pace. Uh, on the women's side, we have a really interesting, um, field. Uh, the Canadian, track and field championships, and particularly the 10,000, are an open championship, so athletes from other countries can come and compete. So Mary Davies from New Zealand is going to be coming to the race, uh, trying to run Olympic standards. So she's run 32 mid so far this year, uh, and her standard is 32:15. Um, so she's going to be trying to run for that. Um, we also have Natasha Wodak, who will be running. Uh, Tara Corrier, uh, coming back off the Ottawa Marathons running so those are certainly some of the, the names to watch. We're still getting some interest from some, some other internationals and a couple more Canadians as well uh, who are who are who are keen to maybe take one last shot at the uh, Olympic standard in the 10K because it's tough to find 10Ks at this point of the year. And uh, as you know, the Olympic window cl- closes July 10th, but I think we'll be kind of one of the last 10Ks in North America um, before the window closes.
0: So some of those Canadian athletes, uh, does any of their names rhyme with... Samron Blevins
2: uh, he is he's not entered uh, I, cam has his standard from last year and uh, has run a good 5k this year uh, I don't profess to know if he's proven foot fitness or not but he's uh, he's, he's met his uh, he's got his Olympic standard so I would be surprised if I saw him at that point for in the inferno
0: Gotcha, gotcha Well, we we can hope For marketing purposes He might be there, folks He might be there (laughs) Um,
2: I I guess if someone wants to come On a hypothetical channel (laughs) Running, they can No refunds after the meet starts
0: For sure, for sure So, uh, you know, you guys usually draw Like a good international crowd Um, You know, who are some of the standouts As far as the internationals That you guys are bringing in?
2: Yeah, one uh, one of the highlights for me Is it's not a. It's a. It's it's not just an international, but we'll be our men's fifteen hundred. Uh, Mason Furlick, the uh, NCAA steeplechase champion from mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Michigan, is coming up. He's coached obviously by Kevin Sullivan, mm-hmm. uh, so he's going to be lining up in the fifteen hundred on the Canadian side. We have we have Nate, Brandon, Adam, Palomar, and uh, you know one of the one thing that's going to be really interesting for folks is Brandon McBride's going to be running the fifteen hundred there as well.
0: Oh wow! So uh,
2: so so we have the NCAA steeplechase champion. The NCAA runner-up, 800-meter runner, uh, two outstanding uh, um, Canadian 1,500-meter runners, not to mention Rob Deneau and Dan Gorman as well, so some other very strong uh, Canadians. Uh, We've got a couple other guys, uh, Eric Speakman, who's run 337 already this year, Uh, Lex Williams, who's run 338, so it's a loaded field. Um, So so that, to me, is going to be one of the races to watch for sure on the uh, the, – Distance side, particularly with the internationals, we do have uh, some very good international athletes coming. Uh, we have a contingent coming from Cuba again this year. Um, I'm interested in the uh, in the hurdles. We've got David Payne, who uh, is a former major games uh, medalist in the hurdles. Uh, he's got a couple of Cubans that will be racing against Yonnie uh, Portela and uh, Roger Valentine. Both very good. Uh, Seku Kaba, the Canadian's going to be in there. So, so that's a race that I'm interested in. Uh, and one of the things I, I'm really interested in, Michael, um, is the number of Canadian athletes we have that are that are close to the Olympic standard, and are going to be using this as a final kind of opportunity to to, to try and get that. We, you know, uh, we've seen uh, in, in the distance races um, and and the sprints a lot of Canadians getting standards in the last couple of weeks, and hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, our, our meet can provide a few more opportunities on the on the women's 1500 side. A, a really interesting race lining up right now. Mm. Uh, Fiona Benson, Gabriela Stafford, Sasha Golich, and then we have uh, Andrea Sikafine and, and Jen Lalonde, two athletes of standard in different events, uh, dropping down to run the, the 15. Um, and we have a couple of Americans, uh, Melissa Salerno and, and Nicole Bush, who are also interested in coming. So so we've got a real uh, mix of athletes in that, in that 1,500 there. Um, so I think that that'll be an interesting race to see how it unfolds.
0: You kind of touched on it with that fifteen hundred, and I have to say that sounds stacked for sure. You know, being that it is a couple weeks out from trials, are you finding that a lot of people are coming to the Inferno just to kind of sharpen up and 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 get ready for that big race, especially for something like the fifteen hundred, where it will come down to you know a a real sort of race at, at trials.
2: Yeah, a bit of a mixed bag, right? You certainly get some athletes, particularly ones who aren't from Ontario. Uh, who, who are, who are not looking to do a lot of travel at this point in the season. Um, and you get a, some athletes who are looking for that final tune up. We have a few athletes. Uh, Nicole Ciflentes is going to drop down and run the 800. Um, so we do have a, and, and I, as I mentioned, McBride, uh, Brandon's moving up and running the 15. So we, we do have a few athletes doing some different events than, than would be kind of their, their go to event for the, uh, for, for the uh, Olympic trials. Um, you know, But I think we're, we are getting a number of athletes that are reaching out to try and get uh, one last opportunity or, or one final tune-up before uh, before the trials. When, when we're recruiting American athletes, we are having a, some challenges just because our their trials start a, a week earlier than ours. Um, so, so we are having some athletes that are saying it's just too close. Uh, but we are getting some that are saying, yeah, put me in. And we're also getting a lot of people who – on the American side who are just off their trial standards and are saying, I, I want one more shot to try and secure my seat. So, you know, for me, that makes for a compelling, compelling, a compelling track meet when there's a lot at stake, whether it's going to your Olympic trials or going to your Olympic or going to the Olympic games. Uh, you know, I, I think we got a, a lot of interesting different pieces. Um, one of the other interesting things that we've done is we've invited a few of the top, uh, or we've had a few of the top uh, Ontario high school athletes uh, come out. So Roush paddle, uh, the Offsa 800-meter champ is going to be running in our 800. Uh, Makai Hunt, the Offsa of pole vault champ, will be in the women's pole vault. Uh, Ashland Best, the Offsa 200-meter champ, is going to be in the uh, women's 200. So we do have a couple of those young up-and-comers kind of racing um, in, the, in the need as well. So, so I think there's going to be something probably in every race that will pique uh, somebody's interest.
0: For sure, for sure. And, you know, at at this point, I think that we've really sold them on it. So, I don't know, can can you give us the the who, what, when, uh, as far as that goes for people who want to check it out?
2: Yeah, so the meet is uh, Saturday, June 25th. It's at the University of Guelph Alumni Stadium. Uh, The meet starts at 7 p.m. We have a fan fest with live music, uh, games, uh, food trucks uh, starting at 5 p.m. Uh, the last event of the day is scheduled for 9:30 at this point, uh, and that's the uh, 10,000 meter champs. So uh, it should be done around 10 p.m. Um, depending on, uh, you know, we, we will uh, we will try to run it as tight as we can in terms of moving things along quite quickly. So that that's the schedule, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to.
0: Well, I can tell you one thing's for sure. I was there last year. It was exciting, and you, you guys certainly held to it. You know, it was one event after another, and uh, I certainly wouldn't miss it. And I think if you're in southwestern Ontario and you're a track fan, you'd be uh, you'd be foolish to miss it. That's for sure. Uh, thanks a lot, Chris, and uh, best of luck at the Speed River Inferno for you guys. Pleasure
2: was mine, Michael. Have a great day.
0: Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to Anthony and Chris for their time, Tracky for their ongoing support, and to you for listening. You can find us online on Twitter at the Terminal Mile, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course Tracky.ca. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production.